Hello and welcome to another week of the Hooligan Report. Uh, this week I'm joined by Cookson. Hello. And back after a bit of an absence, we've got Cruyff. Yes, it's a pleasure to be here, thank you. <laughs> um, so we've, we've, we've been a bit of a kiss of death, I think. Um, last podcast was titled Please Save Brendan, and sure enough, uh, he's, he's managed to get himself the sack, uh, despite a 1-1 draw with Everton. Uh, so we might first talk about the, the actual game. Um, against Everton, and then we can talk about the uh, fallout of Rogers sacking. So, did did you guys happen to catch any of that game? I only seen the goals. I saw some of it. It was pretty dull for a Merseyside derby. Yeah, I've got to say, I was glad that I recorded that one. I um, managed to. I saw both of the goals in about the space of what was it, three minutes, and then um, super speed for the rest of it because there was not much going on. Did you see expect, you know, a bit of fighting, some handbags before? You would, you, you would have thought the way Everton had been playing, they would have got up and had the the wood, the wood on Liverpool with the with the way both sides have been have been playing of late. I mean, Everton have taken nine of their last ten points or something like that. Not that that makes sense mathematically, but they've been on quite a good run from memory. Um, it's actually quite surprising because Everton have possibly the hardest ever draw that I've seen to start a Premier League season. I think they've played um, pretty much all of the top eight from last season. Uh, and then they've got Arsenal up next, I believe. Uh, and then United after that. So, um, oh, obviously that means they haven't played the top eight so far. But they've they've, they've had a very tough run. They've had Southampton, um, obviously Liverpool last week. Um, Swansea, I guess, are a bit of a tough side. City. Chelsea. City. Chelsea don't count anymore. Um, so, so I think once they get past the next two weeks, it'll be very interesting to see what happens with Everton because um, to be sitting where they are at the moment with such a tough start to the season uh, really opens them up to to have a much better um, next section of the season when their draw then, ends up. Ed, they, in, having said that, though, they need to maintain their momentum, and I think for a side like Everton, one or two key injuries and things can really fall apart because uh, they don't have the depth, in all honesty. I mean, if Lukaku goes down, who's the, who do they have? Kone and Naismith. I mean, they're okay, but they're not Lukaku's sort of yeah. level. They have a bit of depth um, out on the wings, but in saying that, if you're saying that they've had a few injuries, if they have a few injuries, it'll have an impact. They've been playing with three of their four um, defenders out, injured while Stones was out for the Merseyside derby, but... Coleman and um, Baines have missed, I think, all of the season so far, or, or a chunk of the season so far. So, if they get those guys back, it might actually improve their performances. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point, actually. Um, so, certainly be interesting to see, but um, I guess the main discussion out of that game is obviously Rogers getting the sack. Um, do you guys reckon he would, he would have been sacked regardless of the result? Apparently, that was the, the that's what they said anyway, um that win, lose, or draw, he was gone after the derby. Can you imagine if he'd had a massive win against Everton and they'd sacked him anyway? I think maybe he would have held on another few weeks until a poor result, but yeah. yeah. If you have a manager like Klopp available, you're going to get rid of the plonker to get him. (laughs) That's just common sense. I mean, that's what makes me wonder how far along they were uh, in negotiations with Klopp before the match. Um, Obviously, if they'd been chatting to him a bit, they wouldn't want to turn around to him and say, oh, actually, sorry, mate, hold on. <laughs> Rogers is just we a good result. We need to give Brendan another week. Yeah, yeah. Klopp might have got a bit fed up. So, 
it, it would have been interesting, but thankfully they didn't um, have that sort of embarrassing situation. But um, what do you guys make of Klopp coming in? Brilliant acquisition. And I don't think that can actually be denied by anyone. Makes him just that little bit more likeable. Definitely. and But I think what, what he has to do now is, is reshape the squad and get rid of all the crap that's there and get them playing it a good brand of football, getting results and whatnot, rather than the, the shit Rodgers was, was dishing up. And I think team selection is going to be very important to start with, but he does need to clear out some of the, the average players there and bring in some, some proven names. I think it was positive that he's managed to uh, get his two assistant managers to come across because um, obviously Rodgers' back staff was only appointed last summer. Um, so they've been given the turf pretty quickly. Um, so it's good to see that Klopp's kind of got that full backing because um, I think you know if you're going to go in in for an inch, you go in for in for a mile, and, well, and yeah. let him do the whole job. I think it'd be stupid if they didn't give him what he wanted. I'm sure he'd have demands <coughs> prior to, to to signing and say, "I want my my own backroom staff or whatever and yeah and whatnot." Rather than they're saying, "No, you have to do this, this, and this." I'm sure if that was the case, we would have said, "See you later." <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's still issues for Liverpool. I mean, their defense is still, quite honestly, a joke. Their I, midfield is still a bit sus. I think Klein and Saka are okay for their in in their defense, but as you said, it doesn't it does need a bit of work. And what probably the big difference between Klopp and Rogers is that Klopp's not going to play someone Crap. like Danny Ings on as a wing pack. <laughs> It will be interesting now when Liverpool plays Man City because Sterling might uh, have a few pangs of regret if um, Liverpool are up and running a bit better with um, Klopp in charge. Because I do think he, guys, only, he only left because he wanted. Do you think he'll come in and make an immediate impact, or it'll take? I think it'll take time because I think the way that Klopp sets up to play is so different to Rogers that the players are going to need a while to adjust. Yeah, it'll be interesting if he plays the press. Because do they? Would you say they have the players for that? How, how, how do you see? How do you see Liverpool lining up under Klopp with their current squad? Well, M- Mignolet, Klein, Sacco, Skirtle. Who's, I don't even know that. Moreno, Moreno or back? Gomez? Moreno or Gomez? Gomez might be a bit young still. Like, I mean, maybe in 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 the lower quality game sort of thing. But even then, I don't I don't rate Alberto Moreno at all. Well, exactly. Um, in the middle. Henderson, I don't know about Allen. Maybe Henderson and Milner? That's an inspiring midfield right there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually rate James Milner. Like, he's a player good for the press. He works hard. He can he can chase and, 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 and uh, hurry against opponents. But, I mean, technically not great, but has that sort of work ethic behind him, which would work. But, um, I mean, then who do they play on the right wing if, if, they, if they don't play Milner there? Firmino, perhaps, or um, would Coutinho be used out wide? Oh, he's better in the middle. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting because the squad is very disjointed. Um, and there's a lot of players that, you know, no matter how he lines them up, a lot of players will be left out. Um, <clears throat> but it's interesting because obviously Klopp has, has so much weight behind him that <laughs> if, the, if the players get left out, it's not so much that they can really be pissed off that they're being left out. It's more just, you know, they've got to suck it up and, you know, buy into what Klopp wants to do. Maybe Lalana on the right, Coutinho at 10, 
Sturridge up top, and I don't know who the, Firmino on the left, I guess. Yeah. Actually, have you heard the latest rumors though? What's no. that? Coutinho wants out for Barcelona. Oh, I did actually hear that. Is that actually? Did he actually say that, or a journalist has been bored and think I'll pluck his name and link it with this club? I'm not sure yet, but <laughs> but apparently. Does Barca have the transfer ban? Yeah, they're still signed players. More does than that, yeah. Does that stop it? But does the transfer ban end um, next summer? It's only a registration oh. ban. They can transfer whoever they want. They just can't register them till January first. Oh, until January. Well, okay. Barca really need Coutinho. They've got Arda, Iniesta. Rakitic. I think I think Coutinho's being named as sort of a replacement for Iniesta down the line. I guess yeah, it makes well Coutinho's only what, I think he's twenty four or something, twenty three. Yeah. 24. So if he could, I mean, but. I guess then it comes into the equation, is he good enough for Barca? I was going to say, I mean, I think he still needs a year or two of development before he'll be good definitely, enough. Definitely, definitely. He's just, he's too, he's too inconsistent at the moment. Like, he'll have yeah. a great game, or a score, he'll score an amazing goal, but um, he doesn't do it regularly enough. Uh, I agree. Probably needs a 10-goal season or something like that to really sort of, you know, um, well, or not even that, you know, like a like six or seven goals and, and 10 or so assists. Yeah, really sort of um, establish himself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, we're we'll talk, talking about players establishing themselves. Um, one player definitely left his mark on the weekend uh, in Man City's six-one victory over Newcastle with Aguero scoring five goals. And there, there are so many headlines uh, from this set of games that you know don't know where to go next. But um, we'll chat about Aguero's performance against Newcastle. Um, is it five, uh, four other players have, have scored five goals in a Premier League game? I think Shearer. Berbatov, Defoe. Shearer and Andy Cole, Cole, I think. Andy Cole, yeah. Yeah. Not, 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 not bad company to be amongst. And the fastest fastest of the lot to get the five goals. Crazy. 21 minutes, I think it was. Yeah. Absolutely insane. But, and I mean, a, pl- a player like Aguero, you'd probably back him. If someone was going to do it in the league, you'd probably put your money on him to do it. And now he's gone and uh, got himself injured on international duty. How severe is that injury? Hamstring tear. I think they're saying it's four to eight weeks. So that, that could be very serious. Mm. Yeah. So I'll, I'll ask you guys the question, and I think especially Cruyff. Um, I understand that Wenger was a bit hesitant allowing Sanchez to go and play for Chile, but he did anyway, and he didn't get injured. But and he scored you, too. Do, do you think the clubs need to have more power in restricting either the game time that they they play, like if they can't have a say on whether they play or not, at least have a say in how much game time they're roughly meant to play, or that they can at least have stronger controls over their um, fitness regime while they're over there? Well, you, you can say yes to both, but how can that actually be implemented? Like, you can say, oh, I only want him to play 60 minutes, but if the coach leaves him on for 90, what, what, can, you do, what can you do about it? Nothing. They need, but there surely should be some sort of compensation. Um, well, I, but then I think... compensation, if a player gets injured and, say, four weeks, what compensation you get? A few hundred thousand dollars to, or pounds or whatever to pay for the medical. That's not going to help you on the pitch. Compensation, yeah. you can say, all right, give me another player of that quality. It's just not going to work. Yeah. But I understand the, the argument you're coming from, but I think it's a very um, touchy subject where you... Look, players obviously always want to represent the country and give it their best, especially someone like Alexis who bloody will play if he's got one leg. But, I mean, it's, the coaches should be able to have the option 
I only want him to play 45 or 60 minutes of this game and no more. Or I don't want him to start. I want him to come on as a thing or whatever. But then at the same time, the international manager is under pressure to qualify for tournaments. Obviously, he wants his best team out. So, I mean, it depends which side you look at it. No one can win either way. You would assume, though, that the international managers would be uh, in constant communication with the club managers to understand how the player's going. Um, And surely those sorts of discussions should revolve around you know, are there any niggles or knocks that this player has? How should I best manage them? Because, like like you say, both sets of managers will want the best from the player to get the best results for their respective club or country. Um, and if the player, like Aguero, goes down injured after, say, 30 minutes because the international manager's thrown him on, despite the fact that Pellegrini would have known that he had um, a, a hamstring complaint, Aguero's not helping Argentina do anything if he gets injured. Um... I don't know. I don't know how Sanchez manages to keep going. He's he's just Mr. Durable because, you know, he <laughs> he basically didn't get a summer break. Well, Aguero does seemingly suffer an injury every year. I think I think the problem with Aguero is that he's been overplayed in the past and it's made his tissue weaker and obviously that's coming into play more now and he's more prone to injury. Well, as Mumba and Kizza did actually point out, he hasn't had a soft tissue injury in over two years. The injury last year was actually a contact injury to his knee. Um, so yes, he does seem to have an injury every so often, but there, there isn't a there isn't a strong link between. I agree that he has a he has a history of soft, soft tissue injuries, and this one might, may well be a result of that. But to say that he's regularly um, impacted by that probably isn't isn't fair to him. Yeah, but. The injuries probably have affected him a bit. I mean, he should be at Real Madrid or Barcelona. I mean, honestly, they would have gone in for him if the injuries probably weren't that bad. So there's probably something in there that's a bit unknown. But would he would he would he go to Barcelona and, and start ahead of any of that front three? Well, probably not now since they got Suarez. But well, I mean, I mean, that's I I I personally think that that's a very uh, subjective question because. Arguably, you could say he may currently, right now, be better than Neymar. Yeah, that's a fair point. But Thank at the you. same time, Aguero's only a player that can really play through the middle. You'd rather him much through the middle than on the wing. And then that would mean putting Suarez on the left and Messi on the right. And Messi, we've seen Messi how devastating he is through the middle. And then, and then you look at Real Madrid, and would he really slot in? I mean, I suppose he'd, he'd slot yes. in over Benzema, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. I think City have the financial power that they can resist any of those offers if they did come. Um, but yep. they don't have the cultural power, though, or football power. It will be interesting to see if he does one day make the move. But how old is he now? He must be 27, 28? He's yeah. the same age as me, 27. 27. This, he's, got a bit, he's a bit more talented than me and has a bit <laughs> more money, but apart from that, they're going to cover him. Yeah, yeah, not much difference between you apart from that. There's also some other news for City as well, just yep. today. Uh, Silver is injured. Yep, so Silver got injured for Spain as well. So, um, as Kizza was saying on the board, I think they're a bit fed up with international football at the moment. Yeah, every, they have, I think they have every right to be. Sorry to cut you off, Cookson, but I think they have every right to be. As an Arsenal fan, I know what it's like when you when you have an international break and three of your players get injured and they're gone for four months. Yeah, and that's why I asked the, I asked the question before, because... Um, there's so little that clubs seem to be able to do about the way that their players play whilst on international duty, and yet they're the ones that suffer the consequences. I'm sure they might miss one or two or maybe three international games down the line, 
if it's a long enough injury. But for the rest of the weeks, it's the club that's suffering uh, and presumably paying for the treatment, paying for um, the rehabilitation uh, and just paying the players' wages as well. So the clubs seem to really lose out in that sort of situation. They can have a speedy recovery as long as they want, just as long as it happens after we play them at Old Trafford. <laughs> in how many weeks is that? Two weeks. Two so weeks, yeah. You good should, news for us. You should be all right. Um, well, well, we'll move on then and talk about the uh, the big game that you were both invested in on the weekend. Uh, and surprisingly, Arsenal ran out 3-0 victors. I think it's the, f- the fastest Man United have ever conceded three goals in the Premier League. And, um, and, 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 oh, I keep going, sorry. And only the fifth time that they've lost by a margin of three goals. Admittedly, I didn't watch the game. I saw the highlights on, on the Monday night. You, but... you could have watched the first 20 minutes and gone to bed and, you know, seen all the goals. <laughs> I, could, I could have, but it started at 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that was, that yeah. was the issue. But, I mean, to I put the highlights on it and I was, impre- I was blown away with how well we played inside the opening 20 minutes. It it looked like they didn't touch the ball and we were all... It, it was like putting on a, a computer game and playing the computer on amateur, and you just start pumping the, the, the computer. That, that's what it looked like. It was it, it, it reminded me of the Invincibles in a way, how quick we were moving the ball, how everyone was moving off the ball, the fight the players showed. It, it was brilliant to see, but the, we know the problem with Arsenal is that they can show that one week and then lose to a relegation contender the next. So how do you, how do, what do you think of that, Cooks? And you're being labelled as amateurs. <laughs> now let's, let's, start, let's start at the very top. <laughs> Martial played very well. For a 19-year-old, he was fantastic. Was our best player by far. That's right. There's never enough Martial goo. <laughs> Had to get that in somewhere. Depay, he played shit. He's played shit for a few weeks. What have you made of the Depay signing? Being a United fan, he still needs to get going. He's not tracking back or anything, and because he didn't track back, it means Ashley Young got exposed and he got tore a new arsehole. Well, I think what part of your problem was, I think, was Young playing as a fullback? Yeah, but Young can do it as a fullback. But there's your issue. I mean, with Shaw out injured... Young shouldn't be playing as a fullback. With, with Shaw out injured and Damien didn't have a great day at the office either, you're looking very exposed on your on your at your fullbacks. And I think uh, Damien went off at halftime for Valencia, I believe, which isn't very inspiring either. Well, Damien was... He's tired. He's played minute after minute. And again... No tracking back, which means he got double teamed all throughout the first half. And for some reason, Valencia is really good against Sanchez. I don't understand why. It's one of those bizarre things. Valencia was really good against Sanchez. How come Sanchez scored two goals? That was in the first half. Valencia came on half time. Oh, I apologize. Sorry. (laughs) It's just one of those. I think it's because Valencia is still a big unit. He can take on Sanchez physically, but. The worst player for United was Carrick. Which is surprising, really, considering how integral he is a lot of the time to your side. Carrick was Swiss cheese this game, just full of holes. I mean, play, Arsenal players were just running into the defenders and just creating havoc. I mean, Smalling and Blind really didn't play bad games. They just got exposed far too many times by everyone around I think, them. I think the problem with Blind, though, is he's slow. Yeah, he's slow as a treacle. We need I pace. That, I, and I think against a side like Arsenal, who we're, we're quite quick, we have a lot of quick runners in the side. I think that w- that was part of the problem too. Yeah, we should have played Schneiderlin. I mean, 
Yeah, I think if there's one takeaway for that game, it's that you can't play Carrick and um, Schweinsteiger in that midfield together. I'm a two 30-year-olds in the midfield. That's You would have thought it would be common sense, but apparently not. <laughs> I'm going to just play Schneiderlin, play Herrera, play Schweinsteiger. Midfield three, you could win the league with those three. Potentially. Uh, Schweinsteiger, I don't know. He's, I don't know now. You don't need Schweinsteiger. That's what Herrera and Schneiderlin can do all the running. Schweinsteiger can do the passing. Herrera is a very good player. A very good player. Yeah, I think Boyan's been on the case for a while now that he should be getting a bit more um, game time. And drop Rooney. Should be starting. Herrera should be the first name on the midfield sheet. And so, you need to drop Rooney, I mean, he's cooked. So, Cookson, what are you going to do in January uh, in regards to your striker situation then? If Rooney's cooked, as he looks to be, you can't go on expecting a 19-year-old to carry your forward line. It's the thing. Nobody really knows what we're going to do. I mean, look at the tra- the transfers for us. There's been literally zero talk out of the club. There's been zero people in the nurse. Because so. would there really be a prolific striker available in January? Depends. I mean, some strikers might fall out with the clubs. You could, could go for someone like Pella, I guess. <laughs> Pella, we just need someone who can just do a job, say, every few games, but they need to be content to sit on the bench, which is a pain in the ass to find. Fadi from Leicester? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, 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 let's match. Just trying to think of the quality in. of strikers that would be, uh, would be suitable for United. You're going into a Champions League fixture against Real Madrid and you're picking Vardy. Jets and Friar Tuck will be uh, very, very angry at, at this, I'd imagine. Because apparently Jamie Vardy is good enough to lead the line for in, the, in an international tournament. Well, he's the, he's the EPL leading goal scorer, thank you very much. For now. For now. Well, his, his, his main competition's just got himself ruled out for eight weeks. No, that's true. <laughs> but, if you're, but if you're German, you're not scared by him. You're like... Look at that funny man. Why well, is he playing? I'll tell, I tell you what. I'll tell you what. If the Germans aren't scared of a pacey forward who will run at you all day, um, they really showed it in their qualifier against Ireland uh, Thursday morning when Shane Long scored the winner in an absolutely brilliant performance for Ireland. So we'll, we'll actually chat about that very quickly and then we'll I might we'll take off to... the green glasses for a minute. Oh, hang on. Hang on. <laughs> They've taken four points from Germany... They've drawn against... I think they drew against Poland. Um, they've dropped points against Scotland, admittedly, but they've had a very, very good campaign. Um, to get a point off Germany in Germany was a brilliant result. And to keep Germany goalless at home, um, you've got to give credit where it's due. To be honest, yeah, I, I, I was surprised. There's an Irish girl at work, and I was shocked when I found out that, um, that, that Ireland had actually beaten Germany but then I, I looked at the stats, and, and between the two sides, do you know how many shots on the were? Uh, no. Uh, I'll wait in suspense for a second as, as we get Cruyff back. I'm here. Can you there. hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Oh, I thought you guys were, 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 were... I don't know what happened. you know how many shots there were between the two sides on target? Uh, I'm going to guess six, and it's not... One. And it's. <laughs> it was one. On target between the two. One shot on target between the two. According to live score, that could be wrong. But I'm I'm looking on the UEFA website. It says six. 
Oh, then I, I apologize. So, <laughs> That's uh, all right. Still, to be to, to to be fair, only twelve shots for um. So twelve shots for Germany, four shots for Ireland, according to this. Four on target for Germany. Um, that's still a very very low number. Yeah, definitely. That's not the stat, but the Dutch who've let everyone down again. Holland were finished after the World Cup. Holland were relying solely on Ian Robin, and obviously he's only getting older day by day. Obviously, and I mean <laughs> as we all are. But I mean, they're they're a broken team now. It also doesn't help that Stroitman has had ACL after ACL that, injury. That doesn't help either. But really, who's outstanding for the Dutch at the moment? Van Persie's finished. Schneider's what thirty three. Robin's thirty three or whatever as well. Who's in their defence? They've they've got a few good young upcoming defenders coming up. But I mean, who who's there? Who's there? Huntelaar's old. Who's their striker now? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting one for them. Yep. So I will join the French bandwagon. <laughs> what could go wrong France with the French? Win. France will win the next Euro. They actually have a pretty good team. Oh, it, it. Being in France as well, they've got every chance to win it. If they can get past Ireland. <sighs> they, won't have, they, won't have, they won't have Henri's hand of frog this time to help oh, them out. Oh, give it a ring. <laughs> oh, they might not have that, but they have some players such as Hugo Lloris. Varane. Pogba. Yeah, we've got we've got we've got um Robbie Keane, we've got uh Shane Long, got John O'Shea, got Paul McShane, you know. David Mylan. Nah, nah, nah. Quality quality all over the park for Ireland. The fine quality. (laughs) Former Hull players. (laughs) What a joke. There was Absolute what the, joke. I think when we lined up against Scotland, or when Ireland lined up against Scotland, um, it's one of the last international breaks, something like half, half the teams, well, there's like six or seven Hull players, you know, three or four for Ireland and a couple for Scotland. Um, it was quite a quite an interesting sight. Um, you wonder why Hull got relegated? I mean, not enough Germans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, maybe next time we'll go up, we'll um, learn our lesson and, and get in a few of those. We'll get... Schne- Thomas, I'll get Thomas Muller. Might as well. <laughs> um, we, we might jump back to the Premier League just quickly because there was one more game that I wanted to um, bring up, which was obviously Chelsea's loss to Southampton. Um, huge. Huge. It's almost, it's almost a story in itself that losing to Southampton wasn't surprising. Um like obviously on one level it's still surprising, but it's just happened with such regularity this season that you have to wonder when their form will really turn around. And I, in, in saying that, we all talk about Chelsea losing to Southampton. Why don't we talk about Southampton beating Chelsea? Oh, absolutely! It's a great result for Southampton. Um, but when you've also seen sides like Palace um, go to Stamford Bridge and get a result, you've seen West Brom only lose in a three-two shootout, really, after Chelsea had a red card. Um, and you've seen Chelsea losing to others, and only barely get a draw with Newcastle, for instance. And they fucking beat us. And they still beat... They beat you courtesy of two red cards, to be fair, which really shouldn't... The first, of at least, shouldn't have been given. Um, so, that, I mean, and that's and that's probably their best resu- result of the season. And so that says it all, really, that they, they only got that courtesy of um, a few interesting referee decisions. Yeah. Um, so, absolutely, Just... all credit to Southampton, but the story does have to be Chelsea, to be fair. I mean, they do look very concerning. I mean, Ivanovic is a joke. Fabregas. Ivanovic is going to watch again after this season. Yeah. 
He'll be that Fabregas, yeah. Fabregas is like gone all out of form. Oscar's bland. Costa's I mean, not fighting. Costa's too busy being suspended. I mean, Terry's cooked as well. What can it's... Mourinho do to improve that side? Sack himself. No, because... I think he, need, he needs to stop playing his favourites. Because well, he keeps coming out in the press and saying, you know, no one's position is safe, and he says, he says the right things, and then doesn't actually carry through with it on game day. Um, just the fact that Ivanovic can keep starting is ridiculous in itself. Agree. But considering the level of payout required, if Chelsea were to sack Mourinho, um, you'd have to, if you're a betting man, you'd have to say that he's more a chance of um, seeing out the season. Like well, probably he will. I mean, I don't think he deserves to be sacked. How many more games of this sort of but level let, do, does he, he need to he have? Won, he, he won the league last season, let's be honest. Was the league really... Was the quality of um, the challenging clubs really that you high can, last you season? You can only beat what's in front of you, though. Oh, for sure. All I'm saying is that uh, just winning the league shouldn't necessarily make mm. him safe if he's now dishing out these sorts of performances. That's that's all. That's, that's fair enough. I agree with that. I mean, but he's... Chelsea look more concerning than us under David Moyes. Wow, that's saying something. I mean, we had a good first half of the season under David Moyes, and everything turned to shit after January, but still. When you're looking as bad as United under Moyes, it's time, maybe it's time to start sharpening those knives. <laughs> and, and ironically, you can almost say that Chelsea's issues are the fact that they didn't get the checkbook out in summer. Um and put some of these players under a bit of pressure with their positions. Um, Just like what we did during that summer. Well, if yeah, well, exactly. You brought in Fellaini, and I think that was it, wasn't it? Yeah, but again, the, the midfield defence was just too old. You see, you know, Chelsea brought in Falcao as a striker. They brought in... Um, Pedro, to be fair, is a great player in midfield for them. Uh, to to put a bit of pressure on on that middle three of Oscar Hazard and Willian, but you've got Fabregas sitting there content in his position. He's not going to get dropped, and he's had a woeful start to the season. Same can a, be said about Ivanovic. You can see same can be said about Ivanovic. And the funniest thing with Ivanovic is that they did actually bring in a replacement to go to left back to allow Aspilicueta to go to right back, but he's not doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they bring in was a Baba Rahman needs yeah. to start playing. I mean. You also just a centre back still was very concerning too. They, in fairness, they made a big play for Stones, and if that had gone through, that might well have seen their defence a lot better. Um, but still, it's Gary Cahill who's again was protected a lot by John Terry. Terry's thirty-four. Zuma is too young to lead the line at a Premier League club, and the other one was a player from the Championship. Oh, and. Uh, J- Jabrilovic, yeah. or whatever, having pronounced it, he came over from France. But then there's also, yeah, that Hector, uh, someone or other from Reading, I think, who went straight back on loan. My, to my, Michael Hector. That's it, yeah. I mean, how many. They have like, well. They have literally 40 players on loan, and not one of them could think, hmm, yeah, this guy could probably come in and do a job. Yeah, that yeah. was. It's, it's, it makes you wonder what. I think Jose is very stubborn if it's, he's got his way and he won't admit he's wrong and he'd rather be sacked than saying, I made a mistake, I'm going to take out so-and-so and bring this guy in. 
It's 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 puzzling that in his position he can have that sort of mentality though because if we can sit here as in fairness am- quite amateur pundits and look at their defence and say they would perform better with Baba at left back uh, as Pilaqueta at right back dropping Ivanovic and we've seen the results of that in their Champions League games and they've and and it's worked it's not as if we're here sitting here guessing it has worked in the Champions League um, it's bemusing that he hasn't even tried it once in the Premier League. Yeah, but you also look at that where we've also talked about how to improve Manchester United by Alex Schneider. And I mean, we've also probably talked about what we'd do if we were seeing for some reason. I mean, let's be honest, most of our managers are stubborn old farts. But it, I, yeah, I understand that. But it's just, it's, it's crazy that, and I think it was the same with yeah. Rodgers at Liverpool, that a lot of Liverpool fans last season are sitting there crying out for him to play in a particular way and it took him so long to actually change uh, and when he did they started they had that great run in January and February I think it was um, it just it boggles the mind that managers these days don't have the support staff around them and the an analytical tools to actually sit down look at all of this sort of stuff and come out with the best possible lineup Yes, it's it's bizarre what what they see and what what we see. Um, and and obviously, we do get it wrong on a lot of occasions. I'm not sitting here sitting with a big head saying that we're right. All I'm I guess all I'm trying to say is that um, they should be they should be better placed than us to know what their best eleven is, and yet they seem to get it wrong quite consistently. Yeah, it's it's it, it makes you wonder. Um. So that yeah yeah, but we'll, we'll move on now and uh, preview next set of Premier League games, um, and we've got a few big clashes to talk about. So we might start with Spurs up against Liverpool in the early game, um, and it, it's a bit funny because I think it was a few seasons ago Liverpool demolished Spurs and uh, AVB got sacked, uh, and I think a few were expecting if the if the reverse happened in this game Rodgers would get the sack, but instead it'll be Klopp's first game. Um, I guess we were talking about it a bit earlier, but do we do we see him having an immediate impact? You have a impact, as all new managers tend to have, but I don't think it'll be enough to beat Spurs, especially down there. Liverpool seem to have had the wood over Spurs in recent years, though. I think Balotelli, of all players, popped up with the winner in the um, corresponding fixture last year. It's It's still going to be quite hard for them, though. I mean... Klopp's going to have to pretty much exert influence on a lot of players within a week, and that's probably really a bit too hard. Yeah, it'll be it'll, it'll be interesting to see how he lines up, I suppose, in, in um, his first game as manager, um, especially away from home at White Hart Lane. It's not an easy fixture to start off with. Um, so what would you say the score will be? Probably 1-2 or 2-1 to Tottenham. And Crove? I don't, I don't know. Spurs haven't been that great, to be honest. Well, I oh, bet City the other week. Yeah, but I mean, look at their results overall, and 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 their performances. Aside from the the City game, they haven't really done much. Kane scored as many goals down the other end as he has in his <laughs> own net. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I, I I think Liverpool might might be have a bit of fire 
uh, playing under Klopp, and they might want to go and improve themselves and 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 show show what they're they're made of. And I'd fancy them to nick a win, I think. Sorry I took so long to answer that question. That's all right. It's interesting with Spurs on such a poor run of form, they're only three points behind Arsenal. But (laughs) um, I'll probably back... I might say it'll be a draw in this one. I think it's a bit hard to to split these two sides. I think... I do think there'll be an element that, as you're saying, Cruyff, the players will want to prove and, and fight for their spots under Klopp and show what they can do. Um... But Spurs at home might be quite a tough task, especially the way Liverpool have been playing lately. So, yeah, I might go with a 1-1 draw in that one. Um, next, we've got Chelsea at home to Aston Villa. Um, I think I think actually Aston Villa is one of the sides that Mourinho struggles against, um, in all seriousness. I think it was last season, from memory, Chelsea supporters were, were talking about the fact that uh, going to Villa Park was, was quite a tough test for them, based on... Uh, Marino's performances, so I think they've got a similar record to che- against Chelsea that um, Newcastle have. So it could be another interesting test for um, Mourinho at home. But it's still, it's. I mean, it is it's pretty Aston, much. It's Aston it's, Villa. Yeah, 18th against 17th. <laughs> oh well, when you put it that way, it's, it's a relegation battle. <laughs> a real it's, six-pointer. It's, it is a six-pointer. If, uh, if Villa win that one, Chelsea are only one point off the uh, drop zone. I mean, it's wow. Tim Sherwood. Tim Sherwood versus Mourinho. <laughs> hey, don't need to... Tim. Don't be knocking tactics, Yeah, Tim. yeah. He'd love to win this one. He'll probably ask to be Chelsea's next manager after the press game presser. He'll, he'll, come out, he'll come out and do a Keegan and just, I'll absolutely love it if we beat them. <laughs> I'd love it. I'd yeah. love to beat them. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, yeah. So, score predictions, guys? Uh, Chelsea, 1-0. Or Chelsea two nil. Yeah, two nil. Two nil. Yeah, uh, I'll say Chelsea two one. Um, not with any any great confidence uh, in that one. Um, there's a few pretty straightforward games. I think Arsenal have Watford, um, Watford away, yeah. and as you were just saying um, a bit earlier, Crow, if you were alluding to um, Arsenal go three nil against United and then play a relegation battle in the following week and. That's the game that you struggle in. So, so what do you reckon in this one? Well, hopefully we maintain the momentum and hopefully we blow them away. Because if we play like we did against United against them, there's no reason why we couldn't score four or five goals. But I mean, again, Arsenal—it's a question about consistency, not ability. But you'd, you'd, you'd think that we should be taking home all three points. Two nil, three nil, probably. No, three one. Watford, what? Yeah, I mean, Watford have been quite a defense, good defensive side. I think Igalo might give us a bit of problems with his strength and speed. Yeah, I think I saw a stat that they've only conceded once, or they might not have conceded at all in the first half of games this season. So, um, they're they're certainly set up in the in the right way, um, especially at home. Yeah, maybe maybe a one, two one again, maybe, um, or or a one one maybe. I think it it could be quite a tight one. It should be a 3 nil. I mean, Sanchez isn't too good a form, really. It'll be interesting to see and, how he comes back after um, the internationals. And and Cazorla's been in great form too. So and 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 Ozil too. So it'll be interesting. I, I I think those three players will have too much for for Watford to try and contain. And even Walcott. I mean, he's he's in a in a bit of a purple patch. So I mean, it, it'd be. 
we should win, really. But football's not played on paper. Uh, we've also got Man City at home to Bournemouth. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they line up without Aguero. Um, presumably, Bonnie will start up top for them. Uh, and no, it should be a pretty straightforward victory. Well, no silver either. But they've got De Bruyne, so... Who who probably scored the best goal of um, the game against Newcastle, oh, despite brilliant. Aguero getting five of them. Brilliant goal. So he, he's had a great start to his City career, and I don't think we've touched on him as much as he probably deserves, but... Um, but he's a ranger, so that's expected. <laughs> we've talked so much about... Well, we've talked a bit about Pedro's impact at Chelsea and, and how he started quite well for them. Um, but De Bruyne, I think, has three goals now already and, and a couple of assists as well. So um, I think there yeah. were question marks over whether he'd be able to slot into that City side where he wasn't the centre of attention. Should, should be walking well. into the lineup, really. Yeah. Oh, well, sorry, not questioning whether he should start, but just... Um, his place in, in that side is more of a um, periphery player rather than, you know, playing in Silver's role, I guess. Which he may well get the chance to do this week. Yeah. So he, he's had a he's had a tremendous start. Um, Bournemouth have been pretty crueled by injuries, so they'll, they'll probably struggle to get anything out of that one. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, you'd imagine City quite... City easy. should win. Um... Everton at home against United, and it's been a tough, tough hunting ground for United in recent years. I, I think I'd back, I'd back Everton to be honest. Was that three nil last season, Cookie? Just trying to remember. It was three nil last year. We lost on the Moyes, and I think we're actually a very poor. I think we haven't have been really good at Goodison Park since well for quite for at least a decade, really. Even yeah. at the Ferguson, you lost a f- quite a few games. Yeah, in the ones we did win, we struggled to win. And we had to make the comeback in 06, 07. Can't really recall the next few, but then we pretty much lost the league due to Fellaini dominating us in 2012. So Then you went and signed a mophead. <laughs> hey, he's a good player, good lad. Well, Best player in the league, bar none. So, an evident victory, you reckon? I think Ever- Ever- I'd-, I'd back Everton, to be honest. Yeah, maybe maybe two nil. I think United look like they're struggling to score at the moment. Well, that's we're creating chances. We're just not putting them in the back of the net. Which Marty, is... Marty on a bit of a goal drought. Hasn't scored in a game or two. He's still bringing a lot of uploads <laughs> into play, dribbling, taking on players. But if we play the right team, we should win. What would be the right team then? What what, what starting lineup would you want to see? I would want to see. Let's see. I'll put. Don of Valencia. Smalling. Jones. Blind. Schneiderlin. Schweinsteiger. Wait, is, is, is Damien injured? Sorry, I'm. I'm, I'm a bit nah, just Give him a bit of a rest because he's playing a lot more minutes than he did at Torino. Has oh, he right. had much of a rest over the international break or has he been playing for Italy? Dude, you're playing for Italy. Okay. But is this is this the game to rest Damien in? Oh, you play City next, don't you? After this. Yeah. Ah, yeah. I see. Yeah. They have he should have Matter. been rested against um, a bit earlier in the season. Then. I mean, if you had you had Arsenal last week, but the week before you played Sunderland, could very well have rested him against Sunderland, and then he'd be a lot fresher for this run of tough games. Yeah. But again. What can you do, really? But still put matter in. 
Martial, and Ashley Young. Funny you mentioned Martial. I, had, I, I got him in fantasy last week, and I had a dream last night that he scored two goals in a, in a 4-1 win for United. I don't know who they played, but I was very happy because it, it, it was very good for my fantasy. <laughs> I think he's only scored two against Newcastle. He's, he's, he's had a very good start to this season, and I think he's finally convinced Van Hal that he's a starter, um, which I think Chelsea fans knew for a while, um, and United fans are probably a bit frustrated that he wasn't getting a proper go, because he's one of those players that whenever he does get a start or, or you know a couple of games in a row, he scores or he assists. And I think, was it the game against Liverpool last season where he got the two goals? Yep. He got, yeah, he got the finish in the corner in front of the cop and the bicycle kick. Yeah. So he's a very tidy player and, and should be starting more You've got to wonder that, like, what was Mourinho thinking when he let him go? Apparently it didn't work hard enough, but, I mean, jeez. Great you can Works see, harder than Fabregas yeah. at the moment. He's playing better than him too. So, score predictions for this one then? Everton. 2 United. Nah, Everton 2-1. Yeah, I might go Everton 2-0 in that one. Um, We've also got Leicester up against Southampton, which um, proves to be quite an interesting game because of the form they're both in, and and you quite quite rightly pointed them out before, Cruyff, that Southampton have had a very um, solid couple of results, especially against Chelsea, and the way they started the season, people might have been a bit concerned that they were dropping off this year because they struggled to get results against some of the uh, weaker sides, like I think it was um, Newcastle and West Brom, perhaps. But they've certainly come good in recent weeks. Um, and, and obviously, Leicester just go from strength to strength. They've only lost one game for the season. Thanks to me, uh, the Tinker man. <laughs> so how do we see this one? It's I think it's at, it's at home for Southampton. I think the match, match of the week, I think. There'll, I think there'll be a lot of goals in this one. Yeah, I, I reckon I reckon a three two. Don't know to who, but I reckon it'll be a three two or a two all draw. I reckon no, nah, I reckon Southampton's gonna win. They're gonna sit back, soak up some pressures and try and hit them on the counter. Mr. England, Jamie Vardy to score a hat trick, uh, and Leicester to win three one, I reckon. Wow. <laughs> oh actually actually to be fair, I wouldn't mind you. Vardy can score a few, Mares can score a few. I mean I don't want to be too greedy for uh for for Mr. England. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think those are probably the um, the main games of the weekend. Swansea up against Stoke in the final game of the week. Um, Stoke, what, what, how do we guys? How do you guys rate um, Mark Hughes' season so far? Do you reckon he's any danger of getting dropped by Stoke? I mean, the amount of players that they've brought in uh, and the money spent, he'd want to be sitting a bit higher up the table. Yeah, but Mark Hughes is never going to be that guy that propels you to great levels. I mean, he's there to get consistency. I think they'd be happy with a, a mid-table finish. I mean, granted, he has brought in Shakiri and, and a few other players, but, I mean, are Stoke really the team to challenge for a Europa, Europa League spot or whatever? I asked the um, serious question in the manager thread. Do, do you see any chance of someone like Rogers going to Stoke? Do you think the Stoke board might look at Rogers and say... Yes, he failed at Liverpool, but he's on that higher echelon of managers, and he might push Stoke up onto that level. Or Quite do they, possibly. I or do they look that. at Rogers and say he failed? 
you know, he, he'd fail here as well. what he did at Swansea. Well, so, exactly, exactly. And you look know. at how Mark Hughes did at City, and he didn't do a great job, and he went to Stoke and he's done quite well. So necessar- not necessarily is there going to be that sort of correlation, I guess, between results. Still, yeah. I mean, it's... The season's still pretty much not gotten fully started yet, and you'd expect Stoke to somewhat improve. Yeah. I mean, they honestly have quite high quality in their squad relative to their standing as a club. Do they have the right manager to get the uh, the character out of the players? The best I mean, character? Hughes does play attacking football. It's just he needs to get him to gel, pretty much. Yeah. Well, it will be an interesting one. Um, Swansea, Swansea have had a bit of a rough patch lately, but they obviously got a pretty decent draw with uh, Spurs last week, which we didn't, we haven't touched on. But um, Swansea Eric- are sort of ticking along. Ericsson, great player. Two free kicks from Ericsson, pretty impressive. What do we think of the one season wonder Harry Kane? <laughs> well, as the commentator said, he's got two goals in two games. Um, so he's Is that sort including of... the one in the back of his own net? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, there was... Well, again, we did hear a lot of rumours about Kane being sold and all that for 40-odd million. I'm thinking, thank God we didn't buy him. I think he would. I think if that went through, he, he based on this, I think he might have struggled at, at a at a big club with a move like that and the pressure because the, the media would have talked him up and and all sorts of stuff. So I, I think it was for his sake. It's good that he he stayed at Tottenham. I wonder if his his head was turned slightly though. I wonder if that might be the issue. Surely it would have been. Like surely it would have been turned. I mean, you'd, yeah, you'd hope that by now he'll sort of settle down and get back into it. Um, so I guess we'll see how he goes in the coming weeks. Um, did you guys have any closing thoughts? It's going to be Stokes. Actually, I think it's going to be a final draw. Oh, just just quietly. Oh, wait, closing thoughts on the game? Or oh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get score predictions for that game and then we'll, we'll talk um, uh, in general. And I think Swansea. Yeah, I, th- I think Swansea at home should be strong enough, probably... 2-0, 2-1 maybe. Um, yeah, so so um, any final thoughts, guys? Well, I just thought we should touch on how good the Sanchez goals were against United because we, we kind of neglected that. Yeah, that, no, that's, that's a fair that, point. The the, the the play for all three goals was brilliant. If you look at the movement and, and the turns and whatnot, and, and, and Alexis's flick from... For that, for that first goal. Was, ...was sublime. Beautiful. And then the the, move, the movement for the second was was just as good, and and his finish for the third was great. Yeah, but the third one was lucky. I mean, he got <laughs> a perfect bounce after a tackle. He still had to finish it. His control and finish are still pretty impressive, I think. But still no, I, was I, I'd still rate the first goal as the best of the lot. Just Walcott's, that back back heel flick. Walcott's finish was all right too. Against. Um, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> Ozil's finish, man. Yes, that's what I. Mean. <laughs> Walcott, was it Walcott scored against? Who was it last week? Uh, the week before, uh, sorry. Uh, or was it? Or was it? Or am I thinking of the Leicester goal that he scored? Yes. So that was a couple of weeks back, but yeah. No, Ozil, Ozil's finish was very tidy as well, and it, and honestly, it looked like you guys were just going to rip them apart at that point. Um, so United actually did quite well at halftime to um to kind of close it down. 
I thought it was quite rude of them to show up to our training session, to be honest. <laughs> no, did, what happened? We brought on another midfielder, and surprisingly, the midfield locked the, looked less leaky. And Sanchez just sort of slowed down a bit. That's because Valencia tore him apart for some reason. It <laughs> makes no sense. Against an actual fullback, yeah, I'll dominate you. Against Antonio Valencia, I'll play shit. That's an interesting one. Um, so, do you have any closing thoughts, Corky? Uh, pick Schneiderlin. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, well, th thanks very much for coming on, boys. Thank you for having no me. No worries. Uh, and thank you all for listening in. Uh, until next week, in enjoy the time on the forum, and hopefully your country gets the results, like the boys in green. So, <laughs> have a good week, guys.